Hey everybody, welcome back to the second episode of the relaunch, rebranded, re-whatevered All Rise podcast here at Front Page Detectives. I'm Alex, I'm the editor-in-chief, I'm joined by Doug, he's a reporter extraordinaire over there. Hey everybody, how are you doing today? Doug, I'm very excited to be back for a second week, only because it means we didn't get canceled yet. That's true. I look, at least we're still working, right? Yep. The, 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 when we get here, the doors are still open, the lights are still on. That's a good thing, man. We made it further than the variety show Turn On, canceled after one episode. That's true. That's so true. So we're doing better than them, at least. That's right. We're back to talk crime and all things related to crime another week. Hopefully we'll keep going, keep everybody entertained, share some stories from both of our pasts and some uh, opinions on crime in the news. That's true, and uh, the good thing is is that we have a really, really interesting show today because we have some rather stupid people that we want to talk about. Is there a common thread with our stupid people? I, I have a feeling a lot of them should not be parents. Well, that yes, that is true. <laughs> they shouldn't be parents, and they should get spanked. Is that what you think, Doug? <laughs> yeah. Okay. They get, they, they, they're going to get spanked behind bars, these, these oh, idiots. Okay. So this week, we'll start it off with a woman who's going to win no Mother of the Year awards. Bad mama. Straight out of Texas. Uh, Lauren K. Dean, last week, or recently, pleaded guilty to murdering her seven-year-old daughter, Jordan Barrera. She took the plea to avoid the death penalty. We know Texas there likes to use the death penalty. Yay, Texas. But they took it off the table for her. She will now be spending the rest of her life plus 20 years in prison. So, unlikely she will ever hurt another child again. Tell me what she did, Alex. Well, Miss Dean, in 2020, had the urge to party. So she left her disabled daughter and two other kids inside the house to uh, uh, head to the bar down the street. Its name was Shades Bar. She went there, not caring about the kids, more worried about getting her drink on. What kind of a bar was Shade? Uh, Not to throw too much shade. It doesn't look like the world's most high-end bar. Looks like a place where they party hard, the music is loud, and everybody has a good time. I mean, it is Bay City, Texas. I mean, I don't even know where the hell that is. Uh, By the Bay, Doug. Okay. by the Bay. It's by the Bay. At least that's what I assume, with a name like Bay City, Texas. Okay. So what happened? What happened with the case? Well, Miss Dean obviously goes and parties for a little bit. At some point, a witness, a neighbor, calls 911 to uh, ask police to come check on the kids. The police come to her door. Uh, they get there, and they uh, uh, Miss Barrera arrives, or Miss Dean arrives home just in time for them to be there. Uh, they ask to be let inside. She thinks nothing's wrong; just her three kids in there. So she opens up the door, and they find the disabled uh, child dead. The uh, victim had cerebral palsy and other medical conditions. She needed around-the-clock care when her mom went to party. Obviously, that care was lost. And uh, um, she ended up dying um, from the neglect. You know, and, and it says here in the story that uh, you published in the front page of Detectives that uh, the child, uh, Jordan, was uh, bedridden and non-communicative, meaning she couldn't even scream out for help, this poor kid. And also she was on a feeding tube. Um, what sort of sucks about this whole thing is that uh, this woman, this knucklehead of a woman, decided to leave the disabled daughter with her two other kids who are ages five and three months. Unbelievable. It really is. Just to go out and go party and get your drink on. 
she was so eager to do that and ditch her responsibilities as a mother, she couldn't even be bothered to arrange for a babysitter for these kids. I think they should have just given this woman the death penalty just, just, just for the hell of it. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm sure a lot of people feel that way, Doug. I'm not sure I do, but uh, uh, life in prison seems like a good punishment. So she has to live um, with what she did, uh, not only neglecting all three children to go partying, how do you neglect your daughter who needs around-the-clock care, and then she dies? I mean, what I really wish we could see is that that footage of when she goes back into the apartment and finds out her child's dead. Um, what kind of reaction did she have? Was it, oh, well, was it, you know, deep remorse? Was it sorrow? Um, based on the murder charge, I'm not thinking there's going to be a whole lot of remorse, but who knows? Maybe she's changed in the last couple of years. Well, I mean, it says here in your story that uh, Dean did not speak during her sentencing hearing. So, I mean, you know, that, that's an indication to me that apparently she didn't want to go and apologize to everybody for, for what, what she did. So, to me, it seems like she doesn't have any sort of remorse, in my opinion. Uh, the, and the thing about uh, this, uh, this woman here, Lauren K. Dean is that she will probably now go down in the annals of uh, American history as, you know, one of the worst moms in America. Because, of course, uh, um, whenever I, I say that, everybody, of course, will think of uh, Casey Anthony down in Florida. I'm sure you know about that case, right, Alex? Oh, yeah, we know Casey Anthony well here at Front Page Detectives. Yeah, yeah, and and in case you don't know, uh, the, the reason why Casey Anthony is such a prominent person is because her little daughter, Kaylee, age five, vanished in June 2008, and uh, the mom didn't bother reporting it. And it turns out that the mom uh, was out partying, kind of like this Laura girl over here, Lauren girl over here. She was out partying and having a good time while... You know, Kaylee's missing. But we all know the outcome of what happened with Casey Anthony because she's currently right now running around West Palm Beach having a good old time, which I'm sure pisses off a lot of people. I'm sure it does. Uh, you know, on another note, there's actually people that are that monitor Casey Anthony's social media just so that they could know everything that she's doing because she is one of America's most hated mothers, along with this Laura Dean lady. Those bad mom cases always become true crime fanatic obsessions. Uh, you get those bad moms, they latch onto them, whether it's Casey Anthony, whether it's Lauren Dean here. Uh, they garner interest, they garner strong emotional responses. Everybody's left wondering why or how they became parents and should they have done something like give up their kids if they just didn't care at all. Exactly. And I think part of it has to do with the fact that, you know, if, if you are a parent and you went through the incredible struggle of raising a child and you, you get to actually feel the love that you have for that child, then when you think about these dirty animals that don't give a crap about their kids, it just want, it just sort of pisses you off and you just want to string up these, these folks and, and give them a good old fashioned hanging like they used to do down in Texas. What do you think about that? You think they should have hung this girl, right? Yeah, I'm not so sure on that. I uh, I tend to have a more, we'll say, strict view of the death penalty than probably you do. Um, I'm quite happy with life. That way she gets to think about what she did. Uh, the fact she left a disabled kid home alone, not to go to work, 
Not to go to the grocery store. Not to see a friend next door, but to go party. That's what she had to do. She had to go party. And it caused a child's death. It's kind of unbelievable. It is. Now, if you don't agree with the death penalty, Alex, then would, how would you feel if, let's just say, you know, there, there is a population in, in prisons that don't like uh, child abusers, and they usually like to exact some revenge on some of these prisoners that come walking in. Are you okay with that, then? Hey, whatever happens in prison to her um, is what happens, and I'm not going to shed any tears. I'll put it that way. Good man. Um, and, and I'm not against the death penalty, but maybe not for her. Um, mine tends to be a little bit more terrorism-based. Okay. Uh, kind of thing for her, though. Life in prison, and if it's not a fun life in prison, I don't think anybody's going to shed too many tears for her. Sounds good. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break and step away here at All Rise. Uh, we'll be back to continue our terrible parent theme. This time, a couple uh, gentlemen out of Florida who had everybody shaking their head. Burst the bias bubble with news.com. News.com uses cutting-edge artificial intelligence to scan hundreds of publishers of fact-based journalism online, bringing their best stories to our site. Experience editors and reporters from around the world add their own exclusive bulletins. From politics and business to sports, crime, entertainment, culture, and more, it's everything you need to know in real time, 24-7, and without the partisan slant. Get your knowledge unfiltered at news.com. Or check out our podcast for spin-free breaking news three times a day. Because if you don't news, you don't know. That's K-N-E-W-Z. News. Knowledge unfiltered. Do you want to know what joy tastes like? Experience Plant Power CBD, the world's most delicious, organic, high-performing CBD oil. Lab tested and GMP and hemp strain verified, Plant Power delivers all of the impact you need from your CBD with none of the weird aftertaste or side effects. It's CBD, but for foodies. Try the coconut pineapple lemongrass flavor for summer in a bottle or the refreshing mix of mint, rosemary, and lemongrass for a truly timeless flavor, all available at plantpower.io. Plant Power, crafted for a purpose, infused to delight. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to All Rise, Front Page Detectives. Carrying on with our theme on bad parenting, right now Alex and I are going to be talking about two bad fathers. I think everybody has seen this story in recent days, or at least I would hope, because just the headline alone makes you shake your head. It's unbelievably tragic, Alex. I mean, this is one is, of these Is that stories. the word you want to use, tragic? Because I want to call it stupid. Unbelievably stupid? Yeah. Okay. How would you describe the fathers then? Just terrible people. Just terrible. I mean, it can be tragic for the victims in this case. For the main players, though, I just shake my head and go, what is wrong with you? This road rage incident involving these two idiots uh, started up in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, we have in one corner, William Hale. 35 years old. And in the other corner, we got Frank Allison. They got into your typical highway road raging situation where they were brake checking each other. They were jockeying for position. And then all of a sudden, 
things took a turn for the worse. Full disclosure, I get plenty of road rage, so I understand the feelings, but I've never considered or thought about what happens next. So what happens is somebody from one car throws a water bottle at the other car, which results in one father pulling out a gun and start shooting at the other vehicle. What makes this even more horrific is that the second dad also had a gun and he took out his weapon and started shooting. So these two guys are going down the highway, shooting each other, Alex. Welcome to America. But they're shooting each other like this is the wild, wild west. You got to have your gun when you drive. That way, if you know somebody pulls it, you can just turn it into a Mad Max movie and start capping each other across the you know lanes that's what this has come to right just apparently that's that's how bad our road rage got here in jacksonville florida where we turn it into a wild wild west scene a, a movie scene where we're just shooting at each other but wait there's more to this story doug but there is more so it turns out in all the gunplay hale's five-year-old daughter is shot in the leg and allison's 14-year-old daughter suffered a collapsed lung when one of the bullets hit her in the back. As I said, I'm not sure tragic, except for the victims is the right word. It is beyond stupid. Well, the Nassau County Sheriff, Bill Leeper, said in a news conference, quote, there could have been two dead kids because of two stupid grown men. There, there are so many things they did wrong that it's almost unfathomable. One of them could have stopped and just pulled off and just said, okay, this isn't worth it anymore. Um, when one gun comes out, somebody could have just said, it's not worth it anymore. But nope, both guns come out. Everybody has to start shooting at everybody. And instead of the shooters getting hit, it's innocent kids just in the car for a ride that get hit. I don't know the word to describe the anger I get at it why we need guns while we drive, why we need guns for road rage, uh, why we got to start shooting at each other, why kids have to get hurt in this one. I'm just left dumbfounded and angered um, by every detail in this story. Yeah, and uh, so is the county sheriff who also went on to say during a press conference, quote, what is scarier than one crazy driver with a gun? Two crazy drivers with a gun. Then he adds, Thankfully, no one was killed in this incident, but it could have been very it could have very easily turned out that way because two people were acting stupid and let their tempers get the best of them. Yeah, I think it's a little bit more than temper when you pull out guns, start shooting at each other's car. Uh, You know, it's one thing to get your road rage in and uh, honk and and do whatever. Um, But then you pull out the gun and everybody pulls out a gun. They're lucky it's not worse. They're lucky they will have a chance to get out of prison if convicted one day, if they even go. They're lucky there weren't other cars nearby. I mean, it's not just their kids they could have hit. They could have hit some random person in the other lane. They could have hit, I don't know where this was in Jacksonville, somebody on the nearby road. The sheriff really did sum it up right, that they got lucky it didn't get worse. All because somebody was probably mad over the stupidest traffic thing whether it be a lane change or somebody cutting them off or uh, somebody speeding or whatever, um, it led to an incredibly dangerous, incredibly stupid, 
and disappointing situation uh, where two kids had to end up in the hospital pretty much for no reason. So because of this stupid act by these uh, two caring and loving fathers, both William Hale and Frank Allison each face attempted murder charges, which could land them in prison for 15 years. What do you think about that one, Alex? Is there more charges we could hit them with? I'm sure there's probably some reckless statue down there or other things we could hit them at to increase that possible penalty a little bit more. Um, I think attempted murder carries a up to 15 years uh, punishment in Florida. Uh, but the key phrase there being up to. So it could be anywhere from 0 to 15. Um, you and I both know, Doug, um, first-time offenders or who knows if these guys are first-time or not. But I'd be surprised if either spent any significant time in prison. All because of some stupid road rage. Well, and here's the other thing. They practically just ruined the lives of their daughters. Yeah. In the sense that, you know, now these poor kids are going to have to go to school. And all, everybody's going to ask them, hey, is it your dad that shot, you, you know, this kid and you, you know, because of some stupid road rage thing? I mean, forget about it. These, these people should probably just move out of the state and go settle down in, like, uh, you know, Washington State or something mm-hmm. like that. And let's not forget there could be physical problems these two kids have to deal with the rest of their life one of them had a collapsed lung and i don't care what kind of caliber it is both were shot that's not fun um i can't imagine dealing with that trauma the psychological let alone the physical wound is all that fun um and their kids they're gonna have to deal with it now for the rest of their life so i think that this this should all serve as some sort of a lesson to the to you folks out there that who uh you know tend to get a little uh, angry when uh, somebody cuts you off you know just sort of take it easy and uh you know don't don't let the temper uh get to you and and if you do have a gun just don't use it man yeah leave it in the console uh no reason to bring it out for a road rage incident um it's just not worth it guys all right, so that sort of wraps up our knucklehead parenting. Uh, Both a couple terrible dads, allegedly, and a clearly terrible mom. Uh, both in the news this week, both garnering plenty of page views and clicks and interest um, from true crime fanatics. All right, Doug, well, now we have a story I definitely want to talk about um, because this happens semi-regularly here at True Crime World where a missing person case or a some type of case kind of gets a bunch of headlines and maybe it didn't deserve it. Um, maybe we all need to take a step back and try not to make everything uh, the next Gabby Batito, the next Susan Smith, um, the next John JonBenet Ramsey uh, without getting a little bit more information. Um, this one's out of Colorado. Um, it's the Chloe Campbell case. A lot of people probably followed it when the news was breaking. Luckily, Chloe seems okay. Um, She was a teenager in Colorado who was reported missing from a uh, football game at her high school. Um, She seemed to vanish and everything. Um, The case kind of took a leg uh, on some legs of its own. Um, It got some media attention. Her parents were active in speaking with the media. There were reports that there was human trafficking in the area. To be fair, police reporting human trafficking. Some instances you think it happened every day, 500 times a day on your own block. Um, Other times it's completely ignored. Um, Not really set there, but I think that may be a topic for a different podcast. Um, But the family put it out there that there was some potential danger. A pretty teen goes missing from Colorado football game. It had kind of the elements 
you need. Um, but the police almost immediately said, we don't have any signs of foul play. Um, she wasn't abducted. There was no Amber Alert ever issued. There was really no thing there that makes you go, okay, maybe a crime was committed um, type of situation. But Alex, hold on, let me let me ask you this. I mean, do you think the fact that it that all of this was being handled by the Boulder Police Department had anything to do with how people were reacting to it? The reason why I ask you that is because you know the Boulder Police Department are the one or is the department that is known to have botched the John Bonet Ramsey investigation, and they've been getting a lot of heat recently because John Bonet's uh, older stepbrother has been clamoring on them to try to get them to test some DNA to possibly find the killer after decades of this crime being unsolved. So do you think that uh, this uh, played a role in how they handled it? I'm sure it played a part for some people. For me, I go, that was, what, 30 years ago now? How many guys are left from that investigation uh, that were involved in the Chloe case? One, maybe two. Um, There's pretty high turnover in police departments, and I can't imagine Boulder's that much different. Um, So... So tell me more. I mean, why is it that this yeah. Chloe case got this sort of attention? Well, I think because she's pretty. Uh, she's a teen. It had all the right elements. Um, but it seemed like everybody just kind of glossed over what investigators were saying, that there was no real signs of foul play. There was nothing there that was obvious. There was no ransom note. There was no her items being left behind strewn outside a car. There was nothing there that kind of really set off the alarm bells. It was just a teen who went missing from a football game. Um, anybody who's been doing this long enough know teens will go missing. I don't say regularly, but it happens. Most times they're found pretty quickly. You do have those tragic situations where they're never found, um, where there is a crime, and we're not trying to downplay those situations. Those are important. They're tragic. Um, those families deserve answers and justice. In this case, though, we never really had an idea that anything, there was any harm to Chloe. A few days later, police came out and said they found her. Um, She was okay. She had eluded them or, you know, hadn't said, hey, I'm here or or, or contacted the authorities wherever she was to let people know she was okay. Um, It sounded like a teen who strung people along for attention. Um, And when she was caught, you know, it kind of ended everything. Uh, The story abruptly dropped off front pages without much of comment about this turned out to be nothing. Um, where some of the headlines made it seem like the next Gabby Petito. Uh, Within days, it was just a runaway teen. What really upsets me, though, is then it seems like the parents doubled down uh, to kind of, I don't want to say cover, but explain it. They tried to use phrases like she was at risk for harm and there was human trafficking in the area. I mean, in that case, there's human trafficking in every area. Um, we're going to need more details other than gut feelings and my my teen daughter could have possibly been hurt to get me not to shake my head and be like, man, people blew that up when it really didn't need to be. But didn't the parents throw gasoline into the fire when they put out a report saying that uh, they received a photo of Chloe and she, quote, she looked injured and unwell, end quote. Which also got a lot of traction in the media. Oh, yeah. That, that added flame or fuel to the fire. That added fuel. No question. I wonder about that. I wonder if that was just parents not believing that their teen could ever run away um, or go missing or not want to be found or not like them. I mean, she's a teen. 
I could tell you there were plenty of times I disliked my parents as a teen. I think it's pretty standard. I'm sure what those parents went through was uh, difficult enough. Um, not knowing where their daughter was, um, not having an idea on what was going on. I can't imagine having to deal with that, but at the same time, um, part of me goes, did they make matters worse? Um, did they try to make it seem like there was more to this story um, than just, frankly, a teen being a teen and doing something really silly and running away from home? But you want to know something? As, as a parent, it's almost like you don't give a damn. Your job is to just find your kid, and you don't care how you do it, even if it means lying to the media and creating this sort of uh, this 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 forced fire of information and and fear that you know their objective was to get their daughter back, and they used that they used any means necessary to do that, and part of it could have been manipulating the media and turning this into a national story. I think that's a fair point, and I don't want to just blame the parents. Um, I think the media deserves some blame here, not asking questions, not going, hold on, let's put the brakes on it a little bit and not just get after page views or this case seems to be getting trashed on Reddit and say, is, is there really something here? Do we need to bring attention to this? Is it a local story for you know people in that area to keep an eye out? We see police agencies do it all the time. They post it on their Facebook, their Twitter, their Instagram. Help us find this missing teen. Um, I see them almost every hour come across my desk. And then about an hour later is we've safely located whoever. Um, they don't rise to the level of getting national attention. Um, there are all sorts of cases, different ages, races, genders. Um, but this one, for whatever reason, people latched on to. And I think they just wanted to be something that it wasn't. And I think taking a step back early on could have solved a lot of the problems with this one. Well, look, let me ask you this, because this is really what I'm curious about. And I'll give you a quick little story. When I was a little kid, I ran away. And when my mom pulled up, uh, my mom was sitting in the backseat of a police car when, uh, when they found me. And, uh, you know, she took me home and everything was cool and she was all lovey-dovey. And then when I least expected, she comes barreling into the room and she whooped my ass. A real good whooping. I never forgot that whooping because and from then I never ran away again. So the question I have here is what's going to happen to Chloe? Did Are they going to file charges against her? Is she going to be doing any sort of community service or what is going on with this girl? Or is she just going to be one of these stories that everybody just wants to forget about it until she pops up again? I have a feeling uh, a lot of people are going to forget. I'm not sure criminal charges are right in this one. Obviously, she needs some help. Why she ran away. Um, what's going on there? What's going on with her family? Um, she probably needs to talk to somebody about what led to those decisions. Um, I'm not sure criminal charges does anything, anybody any good. Um, but I hope people learn from this case. I hope they learn. Let's take a minute and pause. Um, let's listen to what police and parents are saying. Let's not just run that the worst case scenario is what happened. Um, obviously, the simplest answer is often the correct one. And in this case, it was. It was just a runaway teen, um, probably seeking attention. She certainly got it. Um, but could we have devoted that energy um, that attention 
to other cases where maybe children were in danger or things could have been solved. Um, those are the questions I'm left with. Well, and, and that's the point, and that's the point that I want to make over here with this case. Uh, number one, I, I, I feel that they should make some sort of an example out of this kid. Um, they, they shouldn't just let her kind of get off scot-free in the, in the sense. Now, I know she's probably going through some emotional issue, and I don't, and I'm not saying that we should, you know, like, you know, lock this girl up, but there, there should be some sort of consequences to it. Because the other thing I'm curious about is, you know, where the hell, where the hell was she and what was she doing and who was she doing it with? This case over here in Colorado uh, reminds me of the adult version of the Sherry Papini case. Here's a jogger who claimed in 2016 that she was abducted, abused, and finally she escaped. And this is all out in California. The real life gone girl. Exactly. And it turned out to be a bag of baloney. Turns out she was just shacked up with some dude having fun. Yep. I mean, it's reminiscent of that. Um, obviously, uh, Papini was convicted of some serious crimes. She's now in lockup for 18 months. Um, I'm not sure that benefits anybody in this teen case, um, but they are starkly similar um, with just some of the misinformation that went out there and the ability to run with a story and make it maybe more than it seemed. Um, in hopes of it being something bigger without any real um, proof that it was. Yes, and I'm pretty sure that within the next couple of months, this girl and her parents are most likely going to end up on the Blankly Blank show talking about teenagers running away and stuff like that, and they may parlay this into some sort of a cash thing. Now, I'm not sure that they're going to do that, of course. But the way things are right now, I'm pretty sure that there's a TV show that would be willing to have them sit down and so that they could talk about uh, the, the troubles in their families. I'm, I'm sure of it. One thing I would like to see come out of this case and so many others is one of the limitations of the Amber Alert system. It's only when a child's in danger they issue one. Um, we probably need a system. Uh, either state by state or nationwide to help find missing kids, whether they're runaways, whether they're, we just don't know where they are, but they're not necessarily in danger. Um, so people can be on the lookout and not just have to rely on seeing something in national media to know about a case, but they can, they can get the information, um, but know that, you know, this is not likely a life and death situation um, where the Amber Alert can often, you know, be very serious. Um, maybe it's time we get a secondary system um, so people can keep an eye out and help find these missing runaways um, and, and help those families uh, get answers and get their loved ones back home. Yes, and, and the, the, the point that I want to make over here is while everybody was focusing in on Chloe, um, I just want to point out, according to the, uh, the Colorado chapter of the, of the uh, Missing and Exploited Children, there were plenty of other kids that were missing out in Colorado, but nobody really paid too much attention to them. Nope, that's what, that's what I said. Like the resources that went to Chloe, could they have gone to help find somebody else? instead of dedicating all the media, all the police, all the everything to finding um, this teenage girl who, who sounds more and more like a runaway. 
Yeah. Um, could could they have been used to find a child in danger, a younger child? Um, could they have found a, a victim quicker? Um, kind of thing. That's that's where I'm left shaking my head. Is just the resources this this case took away. Exactly. In other words, if they would have put the same resources to, let's just say, trying to find Shakira Cruz, 15 years old. She vanished in February. Then we have uh, Alaya Garza. She's 14 years old. She took off or vanished in January. Uh, then we have another kid, Alma Perez, 17 years old. He vanished in, uh, in February. I mean, the list goes, Maya Smith, 16 vanished in february i mean the list goes on and on and on over here and uh it's a pity that more attention couldn't could not have been paid to some of these kids correct i would i would hope that's one of those things people take from it is that um we jumped all over this one what else did we miss um there are serious situations out there there are parents um not knowing where their kids are um the parents in this case didn't know where their kid was um but how can we best use resources um, to get information out there, to, to get all families um, answers on where their loved one is. And, and Alex, that, that's part of the reason why, I mean, apart, apart, apart from one of the reasons why I love you, but the other reason is why, is why I love you is because on front page of Detectives, you feature missing children once a week. Tell me a little bit about your, your feature section here. In the yeah, front on page. front page Detectives, we, uh, once a week, we feature a missing person case. They're often children. Um, we try to find cases that you may not have heard of. Um, it is incredibly sad how many there are. Um, there are kids who have been missing for a week. There are kids who have been missing for 25 years in every state. Um, it's not just one location. It's not one state. It's not one type of kid. Um, we try to find one that's interesting um, or has a little bit of details and bring it to light. Um, often they're years or decades old, um, hoping that maybe somebody sees it and jogs a memory. Um, or, or keeps that memory of that victim alive um, so these families can get answers, these cases can be closed, and people can find out what happened to their loved one. And now, let's, if, let's just say there's somebody out there that's listening and they have information on some uh, missing uh, missing child. Uh, what Could they contact you, or how do you... How yep, they, they, can, they can email me at editor at frontpagedetectives.com. Uh, tell me about their case. I'm happy to talk to them, and we'll do a story about what's going on, uh, their loved one, who they were, and the hunt to find them. Exactly. And then if, if anything, we could always turn it over to the proper authorities, right? Correct. All right, Doug. I think that's all the time we have for today's uh, edition of All Rise. We thank everybody for listening. Are you, Please. Are you sure? I mean, I, I, I just want to keep talking over here. Yeah, don't worry. We'll have plenty to talk about uh, next week and the weeks that follow. There's plenty of crime in this country. There's plenty of things to get us riled up. Um, please subscribe to the podcast, All Rise. Listen wherever you get your podcast, and we uh, hope you join us next week. See you next week.